0: heavy week in the United States and um, feeling like I'm carrying a lot. Um, Some good, some not so good.
1: Yeah, And for those who are joining us like months later, we're talking about the murder of George Floyd, the incident in Central Park, Christian against Christian Cooper, and yeah. So when we're talking about this week, that was this week
0: right police violence
1: police violence
0: and um directed at black bodies and more yeah It's it's a heavy week and it's also you know the protests the ensuing protests um are make me really nervous and afraid for what's happening in the streets of people who are trying to show up for justice and what's happening to them, you know, all of the images of the um, police using tear gas and, you know, rubber bullets. And, you know, when they start um, trying to arrest the, the reporters that are very clearly protected under the Constitution, Yeah, um, you know, things are changing
1: yeah i said to bill today um because there was there was something on the news that about the the um demonstrations and the rebellion right now that reminded me of the history books that i've always seen about the civil rights movement and i always thought I, i i don't even yet know how to describe what I thought of those movements and what the reality was at that time. But here I am eating an English muffin and some eggs on a Sunday morning and it's happening. Like right. there are tear gas, rubber bullets, police cars jamming into protesters. Like it's happened and it, I haven't even processed it yet because it's still a new that whole idea of like oh now i'm living it right and look at me not living it and that's that's actually why i'm excited about this conversation today that we wanted to have about behaviors that about cross racial friendships and authentic cross-racial friendships um because what it like this this might be in the ex- Extreme, like you could consider it extreme situations, but um, but may, it's only extreme because of the extremeness of the the violence.
0: You know, um, yes, and Trayvon Martin's murder was nine years ago, I think. Yeah. Or eight years ago?
1: I think it was twenty twelve.
0: Yeah. Right. Eight years ago, right? And so in my mind, you know, this has been lifetimes long that this work is right. People have been out there on these streets doing these things. And yet people evidence, evidence has not felt. For some people I'm just gonna say it white people and other people of color who mm-hmm. are not black mm-hmm. um, are seeing it for the first or maybe even third of time because they're paying attention because social media and because of videos like these protest videos of you know evidence of police and their violence being perpetrated against citizens yeah. uh, and their human rights being violated uh is 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 the new factor right and it's making it more real for people and this is this kind of is we can get into it later but like it's it's exemplified in the when these moments um, exist right and it and it's one of those things like I, I can watch the news and be angry and scared and hurt and then I go on social media and then it's a different anger that comes out for me when you've got people who are more willing to quote unquote play the devil's advocate, um, you know, and it's just like does whiteness and white supremacy and violence really need an advocate? (laughs) Right. Um, and, and like, could you hold space as a friend, as a caring person, as a loving person, Right. right. And some of these fake ass religious people, right. Who care more about property, than the pain being experienced in people. Anyway, so well, yeah, that, talk about it.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, that's, let's, let's dive into that then. Cause you just said, can you hold space? Can you like, that's an action to me. That's a behavior of a, of a, a friendship. And so it's like, it'll be interesting to have this conversation about, behaviors between individuals and between you and i specifically today in the midst of this systemic violence and what's going on and i think that'll be i'm i'm excited to dive in because i've been reading your social media posts and you you've been showing your kindness (laughs) and um very appreciative and and there's a pressure that comes from as your friend reading your posts as a white person reading your posts that I'm like, ah, I gotta.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Found the English muffin. Yes. <laughs> Something. So um, I love that. I genuinely, my husband made English muffins, but I love that they really do represent, like, it makes me sound as white as I possibly could, is by being like, English muffin. It's kind of, as I said it out loud, I'm like, that's the right prop for me.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can't get more colonial than that. Maybe, a, Portu- maybe a Portuguese muffin. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay. I, feel ready? Ready? <laughs> I feel like we set up the episode. We're going to talk about behaviors of authentic friendships and specifically cross-racial friendships. Um, so let's do it. Actually, before we do that, we said that we were going to start every um, episode with racial noticings, and so like just take a few minutes to identify some of the things we've been seeing since we last talked around race and racism and oppression. Um, I feel like we've kind of talked about some of them but I, I I came prepared to say one specific racial noticing
0: i'm into it. what is it
1: <laughs> it is um in My social media feed, which is primarily white people um, and white liberals, and and we talked about that um, last episode, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot more in in episodes to come. Um, in a in a way I've never seen before, have been, are now announcing that white people we got to figure that our shit out, and and I would say again, in a way that I've never seen. Like I've seen it with my friends who do racial justice work, my white friends who do racial justice work. I'm now seeing it from people who like have no connection to to the movement, to anything. And they're posting things about the actions that white people need to take and recognizing whiteness. And I can't help but feel from my perspective and just my, my bubble my social media bubble—that there's this this time is different—and I say that with so much hesitation because I know how easily already I've noticed a week later how much those posts are dying down and getting more into like the baking of English muffins. But um, but there there this week there was a sense of oh I think white people in my network are starting to see it um, the work that we need to do. And so that was a racial noticing for me.
0: I guess I've noticed something similar. Um, and I guess my racial noticing is how absent, um, our conversations our conversations about what to do next. Like for example, like I wanna have a conversation about this precept of, this legal precept of um, uh, um, resisting arrest Mm -hmm. because it's so often the ruse, right? That Mm -hmm. police use to show militarized dominance Mm -hmm. and, and demonstrate the most toxic examples of racism and, and patriarchy all at once in this like cocktail of fuckery. And that's all I need to say, they resisted arrest, right? Which means you did not show full submission.
1: Right.
0: And you and I and, and the real ones know that it's all about being submissive to the cops. Mm -hmm. I watched this other video, I don't know if you noticed this video about this old lady who gets pulled over um, on the road by a highway, a white old lady, Mm -hmm. um, gets pulled over by a white cop and it's actually a video that came out a little while ago but then it for some reason resurged um, and it was out on the Twitter so which I saw it and in in it he says to her get out of the car, she refuses to get out of the car. She cussed him out within an inch of his life, and he said, "You need to come out of the car." She wouldn't, and it kind of and it escalated with her closing the door and hitting the gas with a cop who's standing outside of her trying to give her a ticket. And she goes, "I'm not gonna take no goddamn this and that, this ticket or whatever." Cussed him out. He gets in the car, chases her, police sirens the whole thing she said and he said he comes out and pulls a gun on her while she's in the vehicle he's got the cam on and she's like no no and she's like get out of the car so he grabs her arm drags this old lady out the car a white old lady and she's like no no and like first of all how Like, how many times is he gonna tell you? He tells her to get on the ground. No, he drops her on the ground, he tases her. Jason, he tased her. Never in the history of ever has a white old lady been tased who didn't have also a crack pipe in her hand. Tell the truth, shame the devil on that one. So she said, so she says, (laughs) she's screaming or whatever, crying and I'm like feeling bad for her but at the same time, I'm like, if this was a black person, Honey would have been dead in a puddle of her own blood on the side of the road.
1: Right, before she even got to close the door and drive off.
0: Before she even got to, right? And so like, I notice the tolerance that police have for white people, right? And the threshold or the burden of like, what they have to, would demonstrate to show not um, Compliance. compliance but it's really, it's re- really about racial submission. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind right. that Floyd, um, George Floyd is dead today because he would not allow that white police officer to emasculate him on the road.
1: Right, I agree.
0: But, and I, and I say this knowing that masculinity as a concept is is problematic, but yeah. at the same time, um, white dominance yeah. specifically around men and specifically around law enforce, enforce, enforcement is about dominance and that that's what i'm noticing
1: um can i add to that I, yeah because i don't know if you know the story of the white college student um who is accused of murdering two people from uconn um and then he was on on the lam and police were trying to find him and this was probably last week and um i read this was last week because i was uh, the juxtaposition of what happened to george floyd against the letters and that went out that like press release that went out to this young man from police saying we just want to help you just your parents are worried We're we just want to help you and i thought okay so what if that was the approach with george floyd we just want to help you right just come with what what if there was that kind of benefit of the doubt given to someone who i still don't know what george floyd did because some people say it was counterfeit 20 dollar bill some say he for accused of forging a check out at a store whatever he did was not the the murder right sentence football. yeah right. and so that to me is the thing that and then there's a picture of that i saw on social media of george floyd um dying on the ground with the officer's knee on him and then next to this kid that they did apprehend handcuffed on the ground by a cop car and police giving him water like holding a bottle to his mouth so he can drink water i mean those things like i and i think you're absolutely right the racial submission piece and i do think that there's a toxic masculinity thing but the race race has to play a part in that
0: of course it does also it's
1: the individualism thing like white people see every white criminal alleged criminal as an individual who must have problems like they must have had something because this is not typical of white people as opposed to, and I'm gonna go out there and admit that I saw um, of a bias that I have that I have to check every time. I saw a new video of the initial part of the uh, arrest of George Floyd where he's wearing like a black um, tank top and, and jeans, and he's a big guy, which is, I mean, heaven forbid, you're a big black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, he looks like, and I caught myself right away. I was about to justify, like, right. I must have done something. And, like, that's the sickness and the disease that's out there. That I, I'll speak for me as a white person growing up in this white supremacist culture that I have been trained to find the reason behind the violence and rationalize the violence. And it takes a really conscious effort to go against that, to challenge that. I'm at yeah. the point where I can, but it still happens. Right. Still the thought.
0: It's the mental gymnastics that everyone gets trained on, right, like right. politics. Olympic-level uh, uh, mental gymnastics um, where we bend and contort um, so that the police can continue to fulfill the hero brand. Yeah, And for generations, police have been outside of that hero brand among communities who have been... Um, deeply violated for generations yeah and so it, the hypocrisy of it uh, the, is is um startling every single time um but not and surprising
1: do you have fantasies about what you would do in this situation um and, and when i say fantasies i use that word because i've been fantasizing about being able to, in that moment, knowing full well this would never happen, that's why I'm saying it's a fantasy, of like talking to that cop and being like, I don't care that you are a cop, you're a human being, get the fuck off of him. And like hurting him. And then that's the part where I go into the fear and and start rationalizing things because there's such a lack of there. What is. What is it? There is such a shield around law enforcement that they can do no wrong. Like you cannot push back against law enforcement as if they're not human, as if they can't be fallible and they can't make mistakes, and that they shouldn't, in the moment, be be pushed back on. You know what I mean? Like, and I keep trying to think what would change this and there's really nothing it's like such a systemic thing does that make any sense
0: yeah it makes sense and do i fantasize uh no because i'm still in the nightmare horror potential that my husband a black man is going to be pulled over in front of me and i recognize that i have to fight my very nature which is to fight back So that I, because in these moments, I know that my, me mouthing off could mean he died. Yeah. I, you know, I have in the last couple of weeks, especially like said and tried to like, in my mind say, do I, do I put my body in front of his body and a police officer? How that, how would that make him feel? Because I know that he would not want that.
1: Right.
0: I mean, like. Yeah, like you know, like it's not so much a fantasy, right? It's a fucking nightmare. And it's a and it's like um like drills, you know, it's the drills that parents are doing with their kids when the cop comes, right? It's like you want your kid to feel empowered, but you're telling them, do not show any of that power. Do not. And I'm not a black man and I wasn't raised that way. So I don't have the power of those drills, even though in the in the moment you know, I'm likely to like default into who I am, but I have to retrain myself because I couldn't, how can I look at my mother-in-law if I knew that something that I did or said put more harm, put my husband in more harm.
1: Right.
0: You know, I'm thinking of my nephew who's black and it's just like, he travels with his, his, his daughters who are six years old. And I'm like seeing him in the road, he's just got a motorcycle. And I'm like, hmm. geez, Guys on motorcycles are always like, cops always wanna pull them over. They always wanna make assumptions about what they're up to. And I'm just in a deep state of fear. So no, not a, not a fantasy.
1: That's a racial noticing for me that you just helped solidify um, in that it's a, it's a new form of privilege that I had never considered before this week that my fantasy to push back is not only a fantasy that probably only white people can have because there is a sense like I'll be heard and listened to and seen as like a rational person um, but also the damage I could do like let's say in that situation to escalate the situation if I were to try to insert myself and um, much like we're hearing about the the rebellions in the streets and how white people are changing chants to be less peaceful and like it's be, and I, I read about in Brooklyn this sister team from State of New York I don't I don't know how true this is I didn't fact check it but just I read this report about um you know throwing a Molotov cocktail at a cock cruiser but she's a young white woman who's like, why are you starting the violence? So lots to think about. So thank you all for listening. On the next episode, we'll pick up where we left off on episode three with a conversation about holding space in an authentic cross-racial friendship. And in the meantime, as always, you can go to our Facebook page In Pursuit of Cross-Racial Friendship like it and leave any comments and questions you have for us. We'll see you next time.